Welcome to the Spirit-Filled Leadership Podcast. I'm Pete Burak. Miguel's behind the camera. We're ready to go. Today's topic is dealing with paradigms, dealing with paradigms. So I've been fascinated with this whole concept of, of a paradigm, which is uh, a loose or kind of simple definition is, is the way you see the world or the way that you're operating through life. So the the beliefs, the systems, the, the your history, the culture, just kind of the way that as you navigate life, the way you see it. And right, we know that people operate with different paradigms because of, I mean, you just watch the news and you flip two different channels. One person's version of the news is this angle and the other person's version of the news is this angle or one person reacts to a situation this way and another person reacts a different way and uh, we see it in the church all the time that people can approach both the moral teachings of the church the the different spiritualities of the church the different liturgical expressions of the church and everybody's coming at it from their own paradigm and part of leadership is to actually set the paradigm for someone or a better way to put it would be to meet people where they are to understand the way that they view the world and then appropriately hopefully righteously and led by the Spirit, help them kind of correct or uh, adjust their paradigm to fit the paradigm of Jesus. Because ultimately, as a disciple, the way we want to live is with the eyes and the vision and the culture and the understanding and the worldview of Jesus. And the way we can have confidence that we're doing that is the fact that he pours out his Spirit on us to actually transform our mind, transform our hearts, and to help us to see the world as he sees it. Pope Benedict actually used this as one way to describe conversion. He said that Conversion was uh, like receiving new sight. That was everything that was once black and white becomes technicolor. What was once blurry becomes clear. That conversion is kind of taking your vision, setting it aside, and putting on God's vision. Or another way is like the scales fall from our eyes and we finally see clearly for the first time the way life really exists. I can see and what is true, and what is good, and what is beautiful. And you can see this because if, if we're living under a cloud of confusion, if we're living under a, a paradigm of the world or a paradigm of our own making, it's very easy to draw conclusions that are either irrational or not for our own good. So the paradigm of God leads us to human flourishing. The paradigm of the world and the paradigm of our kind of our own self-creation really leads to our enslavement and confusion. And it's not hard to see how this plays out, right? And the, the fact that right now as a culture, um, the world's paradigm looks at even the human body and, and questions it. it. says, what does this even mean? What does this even reveal to me? Am I a man or am I a woman? All, all of these, these questions about uh, human sexual ethic and, and even how we treat people who are immigrants and how, all these big questions, all the moral teachings of the church if seen through the paradigm of the world or paradigm of our own making are confusing and seem restrictive, but seen through the, the paradigm, the lens, the worldview of the Lord, inspired by the Holy Spirit, lead us to, to flourishing, to freedom, to the son and daughterhood that we that we long for. So if we're dealing with paradigms as leaders, we have to have some sort of strategy, not only as to how to uh, identify the paradigm that we're running up against in the person that we're, we're leading, but then what do we do about it? And I, I think I'm going to probably spend several episodes on paradigms over the course of the, the next several months because I think it's just such a critical thing to, as a leader, to um, actually take the time to recognize that everyone you encounter and everyone you're trying to lead is operating under some sort of probably strange cocktail of influences that then produces the paradigm that they're living through. So first step in leading somebody with this understanding is recognizing that everyone has this paradigm. Second thing is, is taking the time to get to understand what is influencing and what is um, 
kind of leading that paradigm for them? What is creating it for them? And you can assume that most people, even really good Christians, even really good disciples, and I'm speaking about myself here, and I'm speaking about Miguel here as well. Sorry, Miguel, but you probably fall into this category too, is as much as we want our paradigm to only be formed by the Spirit, there are a lot of other influences still because we're, we're that ball of clay that the Lord is moving into a beautiful pottery. We're that, that piece of gold that he's refining. And there's still a lot in us that has significant influence over how we see the world that is not of the Lord. And one way to look at that is to, to despair. Oh, I'll never be free of this. The other way to look at it is with hope that the promises of God are true, and one of his promises is that he will bring to completion what he starts. And so the, the, the expectation, though, is that we shouldn't expect somebody to have a perfect, completely purified Christian worldview when we encounter them. So we should be looking for and expecting and not scandalized when we encounter worldviews and ideas and beliefs and paradigms that are not of the Lord. So let's not be surprised by those. Let's be expecting them so that we can actually do something about them. So first step is knowing that everyone has a paradigm. Second is to start to understand that paradigm, recognize that it's going to be some sort of combination of influences. And then the third is how do we start to lead them in such a way that transforms the paradigm into more and more the the worldview and the, the vision of Jesus? And I want to just focus on one aspect of that right now. There's lots of aspects that go into it, but one aspect of it. And I call it the three-pronged learning approach. And this is not really my idea. I mean, people have been talking about this for centuries, but I'm just categorizing it as the three-pronged learning approach. How about that? Because a lot of times when we encounter somebody who has a different paradigm than us, our, our thought is, oh, if I can just teach them the right thing, if I can just like talk to them and share with them the truth, that that will change their paradigm. That'll change the way they see the world. That if they can just simply hear it from me or from somebody else, or if I can just get them to read this book or to take this course or listen to this podcast (laughs) or go to this preacher, that listening and proclamation alone will produce the level of lasting change that we're looking for. And hear me on this, like, there's no doubt that books and podcasts and preaching and teaching is absolutely essential. It is. I mean, Paul talks about how can people believe unless somebody preaches. The the word has to go out. But too often, because in some ways that's the easiest piece, that's the um, most streamlined piece of it, that's the kind of you can churn that out pretty good. Right, we can just get create environments where we we share a lot of things at people, and they receive it, and then we can feel good about the fact that yes, we've changed the paradigm because they've heard it from us. And again, some people have significant, lasting, long-term, all-in change, even just by a word that's spoken. But everyone I've ever met and everyone I've ever ever read about whose paradigm truly shifts that they were seeing the world this way and now they're seeing it this way and it's actually influencing their behavior in a sustained way has has, has learned, I should say, that new paradigm not just in a classroom, not just from a proclamation, but in that three-pronged approach that I want to share. So the first prong first leg of the stool, is, in fact, classroom. The idea of watch me or learn from me. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to to witness. You're going to be a somewhat passive receiver of the message because the truth needs to be spoken. The, uh, the framework needs to be laid out. And one of the best ways to do that is one person or a group of people sharing the truth to somebody else. So the first prong is classroom. But the second prong is apprenticeship. 
This idea that not only am I going to tell you about it, but I'm going to model it for you in such a way that you actually have access to me in the way I live and you can see in an imitatable way how my paradigm informs my behavior. You're not just going to hear me say that. You're going to see me do it. i say that again. You're not just going to hear me say it. You're going to see me do it. And by definition, this means this is going to be a slightly smaller group of people that are have access to your life in that way. But as a leader, one of the things you need to be discerning is who are the people that I need to grant access, really significant access to my life, so that they can see not just, so they can not just hear the words I have to say, not just um, receive the message that the Lord has given me, but they can see how that message actually impacts my life. Am I living a life that is accessible to others? And again, that level of accessibility is not possible for everyone. I mean, Jesus was the same way. He stood on the mountain and proclaimed to thousands. But it was really only a small group of people who actually got to see the day-in, day-out lived behavior that corresponded with those Beatitudes. The 12 had a different access than the 5,000. And that's okay. Because what Jesus understood as the perfect spirit-filled leader was that by granting access to the 12 and the 120 in the upper room, is that they had uh, been given a level of understanding of, again, not just his teaching, but how that teaching was lived out in a daily life. And then those people, and even a smaller group of those people, were then given that third prong, which was immersion, which was the commissioning to go and do it, and to experience it, and to replicate what they had heard, what they had seen and they had touched and kind of been modeled for them, and now they got to go do it themselves. That three-prong approach, when you can create environments where people hear, where they can see it, and then they can go do it, where they can say, okay, watch me do it, let's do it together, now you go do it, and then the cycle repeats. When you do that cycle over and over and over again, where you teach somebody something, you model it for them, you give them an opportunity to do it, and then you circle back and you teach them again, and you model for model it for them again, and you send them out again, and you just keep circling and circling and circling. What happens over time is we truly learn the thing. We truly experience the full scope of the human um, ability to integrate not again, not just head knowledge, not just kind of external visual knowledge, but starts to be a heart knowledge as well. And a full, true Christian paradigm shift is not just a transformation of the mind, is not just a transformation of the behavior, but it is ultimately also a transformation of the heart. That the full paradigm shift that we're looking for as a spiritual leader is not just to get people to believe the right thing, it's not just to get people to do the right thing, it's to get people to be the right thing. And all three of those are necessary for a tr- total, saintly, virtuous, holiness, transformation paradigm that we, w- we want to live as disciples. And so as, as leaders, we need to recognize that there are paradigms operating in everybody's life. We need to strive to understand what are those influences, what are those worldviews that are, inf- that are um, forming the way that people see the world and how they act. And then take a three-pronged approach of we need to teach the right thing, we need to model that teaching, And then we need to ask them to go and do likewise. Three-pronged approach to changing somebody's paradigm. Far more complicated than I just laid out, but it's a start. And this is something spiritual leaders are convicted and and, um, committed to doing. So 
This has been the Spiritfield Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more about what we're doing, you can go to spiritfieldleadership.com or intentionaldisciples.com. Uh, let's see, what else should you do? Oh, you should uh, share this and like this and and comment on it and rate it and whatever social media podcast platform, whatever it allows you to do to demonstrate that you're listening, all five of you, we would love to hear from you and we'd love for you to, to, to comment on it. You could also follow us on Instagram. We have SFL Podcast, uh, Intentional Disciples on on, on Instagram. We, we, we do all these reels and fun things. Miguel's got a couple of fun ones coming down the pike that I can't wait to share with you. So um, yeah, this is the SFL Podcast. So glad you're with us. We'll see you next time. God bless. Come take my hand.